This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Hey there, Brock Richardson here, host of the Neutral Zone on AMI Audio. Can't find the stories you're looking for on parasports and athletes? Time to join me and my panel of sports enthusiasts as we discuss the big plays, the big trades, and whatever's making headlines in the para and pro sports world. Check out the Neutral Zone today on your favorite podcasting app or platform. Welcome to Voices of the Walrus on AMI-audio, where professional readers give voice to articles from Canada's best general interest magazine. I'm your host, Roger Ashby. Mental health care is pricey and inaccessible. Online astrology is rising up to take its place. The line between spirituality and psychology is starting to blur. Lori Wilson reads, The Fault, Dear Reader, Is Not in Our Stars by Carly Lewis. Carly Lewis is a writer living in Toronto. Her work has appeared in the Globe and Mail, Maclean's, Interview Magazine, and The Atlantic. I'm Lori Wilson. This is an article titled, The Fault, Dear Reader, Is Not in Our Stars, by Carly Lewis from the Walrus Space Exploration Series, In Other Worlds. Late on a Sunday night, two Februarys ago, I flung an email into the cosmos. Misconduct allegations against a then-close friend had capsized me. I thought of reaching out to my therapist, an expert with whom I could slowly work through the painful complexities of the matter. But the story seemed too convoluted to explain in a single 50-minute session. Plus, her calendar was full, and my bank account was barren. An appointment, scheduled for weeks in the future, would have meant sacrificing groceries. Grasping for expeditious results, I instead contacted a nearby crystal healing center. Astrology, tarot, reiki, spiritual counseling, witchcraft, a spell. I was willing to try anything that might offer a semblance of comfort, however provisionary or mystical. I just needed someone to assure me this would pass. I never did get a response to my email. Fortunately, on the internet, opinions abound. Horoscope.com told me that, quote, an interesting new person might come into my life and make things better, but that I should learn to set boundaries. Good advice, but not quite what I was looking for. Sally Brompton, whose blunt horoscopes appear in the Globe and Mail and my New York Post, had written that cosmic activity in the career area of my chart would open up new paths over the coming days, and if I acted quickly, rewards and recognition would follow. Intriguing, but not a fit. The Cuts resident astrologer, Madame Clairvoyant, declared, quote, there's joy that comes from sweeping change and joy that comes from watering your plants and watching them thrive. Only now, years later, do I understand what she meant. Then I saw that Jessica Dore, a popular tarot card reader with more than 130,000 followers on Twitter alone, had posted her monthly offering a few weeks prior. Unlike the other clairvoyance content, I clicked through that night. This gave me revelations I could cling to. High Priestess reminds us that listening to intuition is not always easy. When loss happens, discernment, the magician, will help you sink to the bottom of that void. Five of Cups. 
and it will help you to know when it's time to come back up for air. Cut off whatever is rubbing you raw or sapping your psychic energy, and don't say sorry. If cutting feels too laborious, just say yes to more of the people and things that feed you. Starve the other stuff until it withers away. Here it was, the guidance I was looking for, albeit guidance that required some tailoring to fit my circumstances. Hallelujah, I thought nonetheless. I feel seen. Of course, I was not actually seen. I was in my apartment, alone, concerned and very sad. Dor's reading felt restorative insofar as it alleviated those feelings, but it was not therapy, and Dor is not a therapist. On this particular night, I'm not sure the distinction mattered. In recent years, there's been a surge in the mainstream popularity of astrology and tarot, powered by smartphones and social media. In addition to the wave of mystical micro-celebrities like Madame Clairvoyant and Dor, there are many tech startups offering solace in a few quick swipes. Last year, the company behind the hyper-personalized astrology app CoStar raised more than $5 million U.S. in funding. One backer later told the New York Times that she thought it could someday become as popular as Spotify or Tinder. By February, it already had a reported 7.5 million registered users. Another app, Sanctuary, offers birth charts and daily horoscope readings sent by text. For $19.99 U.S. a month, users can type in their questions and receive prompt responses. There's also the Astrology and Palmistry Coach app, which, for a similar price, allows its reported 12 million-plus users to scan their hands for real-time palm readings. Not all answers come with a fee. At freetarotreading.net, users can click a few buttons to pull their cards and receive a spread from which to glean direction. When I tried it, I pulled the hanged man, quote, someone or something has to go. With on-the-spot spiritual support available across the digital realm, anyone struggling through a rough patch of anxiety, uncertainty, lethargy, malaise, or any combination of relationship, family, and career troubles can access immediate feedback. Consequently, the line between spirituality and psychology is starting to blur. The result is an increasingly amorphous enterprise broadly categorized under the umbrella of online wellness something we might call, quote, fast spirituality, quick, affordable hits of affirmation that help people get through the day. Fast spirituality is fun and trendy, and it can even be useful, but its growth may point to something more disconcerting, the inaccessibility of our mental health care systems. As many young people have discovered, the right therapist can be hard to find. There are often wait lists, and after each session, there's always a bill. In my experience, a 50-minute appointment can cost around $180. It takes a lot of time and money to build trust with the professional and make progress as a person. Fast spirituality, on the other hand, can be instantaneous, prescriptive, soothing, and free. Is it really so surprising that more and more people treat their zodiac signs as diagnosis, replacing the long, difficult path of professional therapy with instructions from the cosmos? Humans have long looked to the stars for knowledge. In ancient Chinese, Mesopotamian, and Egyptian cultures, people studied the sun's activity for clues as to how their rulers would fare. 
Sumerians and Babylonians believed that the whereabouts of gods could be understood by paying attention to the skies. It was the Greeks who designed the zodiac system as we commonly know it today, with each sign named after a constellation corresponding to a specific time of year and associated with specific qualities. For centuries, astrology and astronomy were one and the same. Throughout the Middle Ages, astrology was practiced by doctors, astronomers, and mathematicians. Upon the discovery of gravity and further understanding of how the planets moved, however, astronomy became the dominant science, and astrology's prominence declined as the scientific method set in. Astrologers became seen as superstitious practitioners of pseudoscience, and those who continued working began to do so under pseudonyms. Interest seemed to renew with the rise of 19th-century mysticism, and in the decades since, the popularity of horoscopes has grown. While there are numerous branches of astrology with varying cultural roots, their purposes have essentially been to predict the future based on interpretations of celestial cycles. Astrology's spiritual cousin, tarot, just as in vogue, is now commonly used as a method of deepening our understanding of the present. On social media, it's tricky to gauge how much of the newfound popularity around quote psychic services comes from credulous believers, and how much of it is pure entertainment. Massively popular Instagram accounts like @trashbag_astrology, 458,000 followers, and @thezodiacstia, 1.2 million, among many others. Contribute light-hearted candor with rude awakenings by attributing messy behavioral patterns to specific astrological identities. Quote, Aquarius bitches would do something like this and blame they horoscope. Reads one post from the former atop an image of a car somehow crashed into a second-floor window. Meanwhile, Los Angeles-based actor and comedian Benito Skinner posts a sketch on his Instagram at the beginning of every zodiac season, illuminating the highs and lows of the twelve signs. Pisces, self-destructive problem drinker who cancels lunch to cry in the bath. Capricorn, career obsessed and hostile, asks for the Wi-Fi password in a nice restaurant. These memes work because of the recognition that they elicit. Even jokes intended to roast readers can make a person feel understood and forgiven. In this branch of humorous online astrology, the stars are more often used to justify lamentable actions previously committed than they are to forecast what's to come. The ease with which people will preface the disclosures of their worst behavior with quote, "not to be a total Leo, but." indicates that they may be overlooking the need for precisely the introspection and accountability that adequate mental health care can encourage over time, at, of course, a steep cost. Still, spiritual modalities and beliefs can, and do, offer real insights to some, and there are many who interpret readings as workable advice, for better or worse. People and friendships quit jobs, and make major life decisions because a horoscope or tarot interpretation posted to thousands of Twitter followers vaguely intimated that they should do so. This July, Dor posted the Two of Swords card to her account along with a reading, quote, We form alliance with ourselves by choosing to trust, believe, and validate our own experience, by telling the truth about what we think and feel and being okay with the result of that truth-telling even if others choose to leave. We retain a commitment to ourselves. 
One reader thanked Dora for the validation and shared that they decided to follow her teaching by hitting pause on a difficult relationship. Another tweeted, quote, Thank you. I was waiting for a sign. I guess this is it. Dor has a master's degree in social work, and in addition to the reading she publishes in her monthly newsletter and the daily cards she posts to Twitter, she also works with individual clients. In conversation, she's clear on the line between mental health care and spiritual practices. Quote, it's not therapy, she says of her tarot card reading, but she notes that doesn't mean it can't be helpful. Dor tries to avoid definitive language in her readings, words such as, quote, always and, quote, never, that can nudge a person towards binary decision-making. Quote, if someone sees a card and it inspires them to break up with their friend, that's just part of their process, says Dor. They're using the card as an object to validate the thing that they really want to do. She explains that the way she practices tarot is not about predicting the future. Quote, it's about helping people along in their process, helping them gain new perspectives or insights, helping them ask good questions, and helping them fortify their stories and their narrative so that they walk away from the session with something that feels empowering and reminds them of their agency and their strengths. Dor says that aligning tarot with mental health may help people think about their internal lives more openly beyond traditionally clinical perimeters. Tarot, she argues, can influence one's emotional state and does not purport to be diagnostic. Quote, most therapists understand that language and metaphor are used as tools. Tarot cards are just another way of sharing a metaphor with someone to help them better understand an internal experience. Dor says, quote, one of the biggest arguments that someone might have against using tarot in mental health is that it's not evidence-based. There is no scientific rationale for why tarot works. But for the people I use tarot cards with, it works. Does everything need to be evidence-based in order for it to be valid? Does it need to be proven with a scientific method in order for us to take it seriously? I would strongly suggest that the answer is no. Minneapolis-based Claire Comstock Gay, better known as Madame Clairvoyant, was hired by The Cut in 2016 to contribute weekly astrology readings. Since then, she has released a book. Madame Clairvoyant's Guide to the Stars, Astrology, Our Icons, and Ourselves, and amassed a legion of readers, many of whom begin their weeks, as I often do, by turning to her advice. Comstock Gay's horoscopes have an assured, nurturing tone that strikes a balance between encouraging and emboldening. Quote, It's important to me to never say, and today you must go quit your job. That would be horrible, wild advice to be giving to all these people I don't know at all, she says. I have a certain amount of trust that my readers are only going to take what works for them. I'm not interested in using astrology to make a person's choices for them. Comstock Gay acknowledges that there are readers for whom astrology may be a primary system of support. Quote, I wonder how astrology would be different if therapy was affordable and accessible both financially and bureaucratically, she says. Even if you can afford it, it's really hard to find a therapist. It's hard to find someone who will take your insurance. And it's really hard to find someone whom you can get an appointment with in less than six months. Psychics and clairvoyants still elicit skepticism from many who find the practice far-fetched or even harmful. And fair enough. 
I remember sending a friend to a psychic in downtown Toronto, only to later discover that the psychic had given the same reading to both of us. But those looking for self-improvement or solace can have less than ideal experiences with the more trusted roots of therapy too. A friend once told me that their therapist had spent half their session googling quote readings to reduce anxiety. Wellness practitioners of all kinds can have off days or be stumped. They can care only about money or be disengaged from their work. On paper, therapy may seem to be the antithesis of fast spirituality, but in practice, it isn't so simple. Even an Instagram tarot card reader can offer an ethos, a sense of optimism, and paths towards acceptance—all virtues that many seek through therapy. Toronto-based astrologer and tarot card reader Liz Worth says that the tools she offers ought to be seen as complementary to therapy. Quote, if you start working with a psychotherapist, there's a long lead-up to talking about things that feel productive. There is a process behind that, whereas a tarot or astrology reading is a single session, one-off touch point, and you can get right into it right away. You can cover a lot of ground that may feel very poignant or pressing, and that can be really beneficial for people. Worth stresses that there is a limit to the work she can do with clients, especially when it comes to traumatic experiences. Quote, "I don't want to leave people feeling like a trauma happened to them for a reason, and I don't want to use astrology to justify other people's bad behavior." She says, "The person who caused that harm needs to be taken into account. We can't say the planets made them do it." Still, says Worth, the dynamic between a customer and a tarot reader may itself be therapeutic, insofar as customers enter a non-judgmental space to ponder questions they may not be able to articulate elsewhere. Ultimately, what consumers of fast spirituality want is hope. Quote, There are many things that remain totally mysterious. Even to a clinician, and even to science, says Comstock Gay, who cites the effect of trauma on the brain as one area in need of deeper research. Quote, so why not use astrology if that's helpful and if it works? Which, in a lot of cases, it really does. The pursuit of wellness has become omnipresent. On social media, aspirations of inner peace are as visible as dreamy vacations, designer clothing, and chic interior design. Mental health terminology has burrowed into our lexicon, allowing us to have conversations about how we feel much more openly. But while the idea of mental health is heavily promoted, access to it remains precarious, leaving many to rely on whatever succor they can find. Online astrology is lucid enough to be astonishing, vague enough to be painless, and occasionally galvanizing enough to cause trouble. Perhaps this is where it gets a bad reputation. It's easier for some to view their struggles or deficiencies as fates designed by the zodiac or something to laugh off than it is to spend years working through their psyches on a quest for improvement. If fast spirituality is a valid form of wellness, shouldn't it feel somewhat laborious the way that therapy often does? Quote, "To me, the tarot is a tool. It is therapy. It's a teacher," says Mexico-based psychic healer Tanya Melendez, who is currently working on her book, The Diary of a Black Psychic. Quote, 
Tarot teaches us that we have to learn every aspect of ourselves, how we are with money, how we are with our emotions. That's why having a reading can be so profound and healing for people. When I ask Melendez if there is a limit to what tarot can heal, she says no, with an important caveat. Quote, a lot of people don't want to do the inner spiritual work for themselves, so they go to other people hoping that they'll solve their problems. People want a quick, easy answer, she says. If there's no follow-through or deeper connection, then it's just emptiness, words that you believe for a little while. In many cases, responsible practitioners of fast spirituality are not promoting their services as a quick fix for life's woes. But on social media, horoscopes and forecasts are often consumed quickly and can be interpreted as fact, even when they're offered only as a starting point for deeper thinking. The key to healthily engaging with astrology, tarot, and other spiritual practices seems to be maintaining a sense of balance without relinquishing control. Magical thinking without discretion can make a person act rashly and against their best interest. So too can corporeality devoid of any hopeful soothsaying. A new duality is emerging in which one can be both a skeptic and a believer. Spiritually lithe in the journey towards resilience. But I would say that. I'm a Gemini. That was an article titled, The Fault, Dear Readers, Is Not in Our Stars, by Carly Lewis from the Walrus Space Exploration Series in Other Worlds. I'm Lori Wilson. You've been listening to Voices of the Walrus on AMI-audio, produced by Don Dickinson. Audio engineering by Sam Robinson and Bill Shackleton. The manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank, and I'm your host, Roger Ashby. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider giving us a rating and review and subscribe for more. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping on Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.